All right. At least it gives us a warning that we know that it works, right? So how many of you are familiar with the Jimmy Buffett and Alan Jackson song, It's Five O'Clock Somewhere? It's, I got a thumbs up. <laughs> so my sermon title is an homage to that song uh, where it's nine o'clock somewhere. As we heard in our scripture of reading this morning, the disciples were accused of, of being drunk at nine o'clock in the morning. But before I, I jump into the message, I have a couple of questions for you. First, how many of you like to be uncomfortable? No one? Neither do I. Whether we're talking about ideology, physicality, relationships, or our vocation, most of us don't like to be uncomfortable. And so if, if you take a moment to think about how you react when you're uncomfortable, what do you do? Do you notice that your fight or flight mechanism starts? Do you dismiss other people's ideas? Do you confront them? Avoid or ignore them? Or attack them? We see these things in the scripture today. But before I get into that, I wanna set the stage. As we heard in the scripture, there were people from all over the world in Jerusalem. Now scripture says that the people were living there and living in Jerusalem, but Pentecost or the festival of weeks or Shavuot uh, in Hebrew, was the third most important festival in the Jewish calendar. People from all over the world would come to Jerusalem to celebrate and give offering to God of their first fruits of the harvest. This was a big deal. It also celebrated the 10 commandments, the giving of the 10 commandments in Sinai. And If we know anything about how God works, it shouldn't surprise us that God chose this time, 50 days after Passover, after Jesus was put on a cross and was resurrected, when thousands of Jews are in Jerusalem to send the Holy Spirit. God had a ready-made audience. They were there. It's a beautiful thing. So what happens? Let me recount what we heard in the scripture this morning. In my, my words, the Holy Spirit comes like a freight train with a sound of a tornado, a violent wind. How many of you have ever lived in the Midwest at all where tornadoes were frequent? Anybody? No, I spent some of my formative years about 45 minutes west of Detroit. And the sirens that we hear to call people to the fire stations 
were to tornado warning signs in Michigan. And so I had a little bit of, a, of an adjustment when I moved here. I was always ready to run to the basement. But if you ever have heard of someone describe what a tornado sounds like, they say it sounds like a freight train, like a violent whoosh that just kind of comes. And so as I read this scripture, that's what I think of. That's in my experience. It might not be anything like what it sounded like, but when I think of uh, a rushing of a violent wind, I think of the sound of a freight train or a tornado coming. And so when the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit gives the disciples the ability to speak in other languages, which is awesome. Unusual, absolutely, but awesome. And the people are amazed and astonished. Some people celebrated that they could hear what was happening and hear the good news in their own language. And some people got upset. Some people dismissed the experience. I think partly because they were incredibly uncomfortable. And partly because the Holy Spirit coming on to the disciples with the tongues like fire, not fire, but tongues like fire, was an experience that couldn't be codified. It's not like someone was walking around handing out a well-worded white paper on the Holy Spirit. This wasn't a dissertation, it wasn't an article, it was an experience and it was new and it was uncomfortable and they didn't know how to respond. So what they said was, well, it's, it's nine o'clock here. They must be drunk. They must be filled with new wine. They were uncomfortable because God was doing a new thing. These Jews' understanding of God was deeply challenged by this experience. They had other examples of the Holy Spirit coming and people prophesying and, and doing different things throughout the Old Testament, as we call it. But the Holy Spirit wasn't necessarily there to stay. But the Holy Spirit at the coming of, of Pentecost in the celebration is here to stay. And so for the ones who heard the good news, proclaimed in their own language, it was miraculous. They looked around in amazement and wonder, like, how are we hearing these things? They wanted in on it. For others, not so much. Their understanding of God was so boxed in, so rigid, so known in their heads that they could only dismiss it as people being drunk at nine o'clock in the morning. They couldn't fathom what God was doing. It was out of their creativity, outside the box. And it's the second group of people that sadly reminds me of the church today. 
when we put ourselves, if you meditate with scripture, I should say, and if you put yourself in the scene, at least with the people that I talk to and what I do myself, I often put myself in like the role of Peter or a bystander, or sometimes I put myself in the role of Jesus and try and, and, and imagine what it would be to experience what all of these people are experiencing. But I don't hear very many people, and I don't do it myself, uh, that, that put ourselves in the position or in the person, in our imagination, of the people who are being, we'll say, scolded, or are being dismissive, or are giving Jesus um, some pushback. But if we do that, and this is a, a beautiful example of a scripture that we can, what I noticed when I did this was that these sneerers, as I'll call them, they lost their sense of wonder and curiosity. And I think in a lot of ways, we've done that today too. Because instead of, of coming to worship or going through the world even with wonder and curiosity, openness and open-heartedness and, and love, we can replace it with respectability, routine, expectations, and rules, because those are comfortable. Those are known. But the good news in all of this is that people have been doing this for thousands of years. We routinely, as, a, as humanity, lose our sense of wonder. We create rules and expectations and and rituals that make us feel comfortable or make us feel safe. And then God comes in and overturns our apple cart. Because as human beings, our rules and our expectations generally exclude others. And throughout scripture, God continues to open God's arms and say, you are welcome. Everyone is welcome. And so I think at times the Holy Spirit comes when what we're doing isn't working. Many, many moons ago when I was in seminary, uh, I had to read a book. I think it was called Unchristian and it was a summary of um, a summary of a survey done by the Barna Group throughout the United States about what non-Christians or non-participating Christians uh, thought about people who are Christian. And now this is my interpretation of it. So some of these words aren't directly quoted. Uh, but these people who are outside of the church said that they didn't participate because people are judgmental, homophobic, mean-spirited, and dismissive. Pretty sure no one wants to be a part of anything like that. But these people who were surveyed 
were still seeking connection and meaning. They just happened to be doing it outside of the church. And I think in some ways too, what people see, whether right, wrong, or ridiculous, is Christians acting like these sneerers, the ones going, oh, well, that can't at all be what's happening. They must be drunk. They must have gotten into the new wine. And we can dismiss a transforming and life-giving experience of God because it makes us uncomfortable. And we don't like it. And yet, we still have the invitation to participate in what the Holy Spirit is doing. I have to say that I am abundantly blessed that my job as a spiritual director forces me to look for where the Holy Spirit is moving and acting, even when I don't agree with my directees and clients. My job is to look and listen or how God is at work, and then help them see that too. So I have this muscle that in all honesty, I didn't realize I had until I started preparing for this sermon. And I am grateful and blessed. And I don't think I would have had it had I not made spiritual direction a really big part of my work in ministry. But that doesn't mean we all can't have it. You know, when we look around outside, we see the, the beautiful blue sky. We see people doing kind things, standing up for one another. Are we willing to count that as part of the Holy Spirit's work outside of the box of Sunday morning worship? We're invited every year on Pentecost Sunday to open our minds just a little bit more to what God might be doing. And so I want to suggest four things in no particular order uh, about what or how we can open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit a little bit more. So we can notice when ideas or conversations make us uncomfortable. We can pay attention to that. And instead of reacting, we can take a moment and respond with grace and love and kindness. And so we wouldn't, we wouldn't respond negatively or dismissively or in an attack, but with grace and kindness and love. Another thing we can do, we can ask God to keep our eyes and minds open to possibility. Because our God is a God of infinite possibility. And we are invited to that. If we're open enough to allow ourselves to see it. And then a third thing, we can be curious about people or situations or ideas. Other people's beliefs and values don't have to threaten our own. We don't have to change based on what someone else says but we can at least honor them in conversation. And we do that in some ways by being curious and asking questions. And then a fourth thing is know your limits. We can know our limits 
God is way bigger than what we can understand. Scripture tells us that in Isaiah. And so we, we can approach life with humility of saying or acknowledging as the, a favorite phrase of mine goes, that's above my pay grade. There's a lot that God is responsible for that I don't have to be. Praise him for that. And so when we do these things, whether it's asking questions, asking God to open us up a little bit, acknowledging where our knowledge fails and God, God's knowledge continues on, or paying attention and developing self-awareness. Whatever it is that we do, we allow the Holy Spirit to work. And we can maybe go from the ones who are sneering and be like, oh, that's not possible, to, oh, maybe it is. I wonder what God is going to do next. With an anticipation and a hope and a joy for what God can bring to us and through us for the expansion of the kingdom of God. Amen. Right, let me stop the burden.